Welcome to week seven of the college football season and the never-ending glory podcast college football show. Matt Monner, your host, the usual suspects in tow. Follow us on Twitter at NEGPodCFB. Follow the never-ending glory podcast at Glory Podcast. And follow our baseball show at NEGPodMLB for all your Cleveland Indians homer takes that you might need during the uh, playoff run here. Let's get right to it, fellas. The picks last week, I think we tried to, to hammer this point home on the podcast but it wasn't a really good week for everybody here on the podcast. Uh, Sean, myself, and Farky were five seven and one. Shill four eight and one. That puts the three of us two games ahead of Shill now in the overall uh, standings for the, uh, the the surf and turf dinner that's going to be happening here later on after the season. I know Shill, you hated all these games as I did. So uh, hopefully, those of you out there were smart enough not to place a lot of wagers, right, Shill? That's correct, yeah. Um, I mean, usually you can see me anywhere from 10 to 12 plays a Saturday. I had four. Fortunately, I went 3-1 uh, and one on, on those. So, yeah, it was a lay-low Saturday. Not a whole lot of good spots. The, the lines are tightening up as more information comes out and as the public gets a little smarter after seeing some of these teams now a second or third time on uh, national TV. Well, we I had, had to play of the week, and it, was, it has to go to Matt Monner. Yeah, I was just going to mention, I had two plays this week, only two. One of them was Rutgers, which – did they cover? <laughs> you, maybe you teased it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I had Stanford, and that didn't go a whole lot better than Rutgers. A little bit better, but uh, it's hard combined? to – What was your combined score in those? Uh, it would have been – let me do some quick math. 120 to 16. Hundred, 120 to 16. And you were getting like maybe 22 points combined. Or yeah, no, well, Rutgers, Rutgers was getting 30 and Stanford was minus 7. So that's a net of 23. Who were the drunk Benedict Arnolds that took Memphis? Not I. <laughs> that, that was shocking. I was on Memphis, yeah. Still, um, the Rutgers is, is the is the bet, bet of the week. Well, no we're, yeah, we, we're going to talk about that here in, in a little bit. Well, actually, let's just talk about it right now. Screw it. If if you want to laugh, look at the box score of the Rutgers Michigan game. I, I played, and I'm sure you guys did too. I played a lot of NCAA football when I was in college, uh, just chilling in my dorm room. I never beat a team as bad as they got beat by Michigan. The the total yardage was 600 to 39. Rutgers had two first downs, and they were 0 for 17 on third down. One of their players was quoted in an article I read after the game that said. Uh, they've gone through a, a rough stretch, quote unquote. They, they've been outscored 136 to nothing the last two weeks by Ohio State and Michigan. We need to come up with like a, a bright spot of the week, and then Rutgers could have we could have found something with them somewhere in that game. The bright spot of the week. They outgained their penalty yards by I think a yard, maybe. I think that that might have been something in that box score that you could you know shine some light on. <laughs> I mean, they they completed two passes. And it, you guys look, I, I said this to you guys, I think, but the Rutgers Twitter account stopped tweeting after the first quarter. <laughs> it was 14 nothing. no more tweets. We're done. Well, speaking speaking of video game, their senior safety said, it just feels like a video game. We got spanked. <laughs> well, they were on rookie then because uh, at that point, even the computer comeback allows them to get like that cheapy score or something where they get a couple fluky first downs. To only have two in a college football is a major D1. Oof. Surprisingly two- enough, it did not top their 82 nothing setback against Princeton in 1888. <laughs> hey, listen, second. That's your silver lining of the week. Yeah. 
second place of the of the worst bet of the week would go to Shill, even though he won his other three bets, so you can't really dog him too much. But he had the Oregon Ducks plus eight and a half at home, and they were down fifty six to fourteen with five minutes to go in the third quarter and gave up almost seven hundred yards. And I've said over and over again, I keep fading Oregon, but for some reason, I thought that was a good idea. And yeah, <laughs> Just think how bad it would have been if Washington didn't have 12 penalties. They might have scored 80. Well, that didn't help their 43 a game they give up going into that game, that's no, for sure. No, but maybe they'll have another quarterback controversy this week. Yeah. <laughs> and let's talk about some of these games from last weekend, fellas. Um, the, the, the game of the week ended up being Tennessee – and Texas A&M, just the way we kind of drew it up last week on the podcast, it was kind of the most hyped game of the week, and it turned out to be the best. This game, this was a game that featured almost 1,300 total yards of uh, offense between the two teams. Tennessee, once again, was down big, 28-7 to in the first half. They had six turnovers in the game, which, which killed them. Um, Farkey, I know you watched a lot of this game. You know, it looked like Tennessee was going to turn it around once again and have a miracle comeback win. But this time it didn't uh, didn't fall in their favor. Seven turnovers that they that they uh, forced in that game. It's it's ridiculous that they couldn't win by more than seven freaking points. I loved them that week, this past week, and my God, they continue to let Tennessee just hang around, hang around. Their defense is garbage, but at least Butch finally loses a game and then gets rolled this week in Alabama. But we'll get to that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, what I would just add is, is I was actually quite impressed with Tennessee's resiliency. Alvin Kamara, um, Jalen Hurd not playing was actually a blessing in disguise. He is head and shoulders their best running back. Catches the ball out of the backfield, shifty, elusive. Um, that's that's an NFL back right there. So somebody to keep in mind at the next level and as, as we get into the spring for the draft pods that we'll be putting out. But uh was impressed with um, the resiliency of A&M. Really, it, was, it shouldn't have went over time because Trayvon Williams had a touchdown. He just got caught from behind. A great play by uh, a Tennessee safety to knock it out through the back of the end zone. And the defenses were gassed. A&M needed this bye week so that they can get ready for Bama, specifically for one player, and that's Miles Garrett, because his ankle wasn't right still. And hopefully, you know, basically a week off and then maybe a, a light practices next week that he can be uh, rearing to go or at least, um, you know, closer to 80 90% for the game because he was probably playing at about a 50 60% level. He was just on one leg and limping around. Someone shed some light on, on Tennessee's defensive backfield. Going into this season, I had to read about how, how they were one of the, the most athletic top defensive backfields in the country. And week after week, they give up a ton of points and a ton of yardage. I don't know. I mean, you'd think with that defensive front, actually, they should be a hell of a lot better. So I don't know that the, I thought that they were that good. It's just their front was so good. They're without, I think, two starting linebackers and one defensive lineman. Yeah. I actually think that's probably why they're getting lit up. Is didn't didn't the, they just boot another guy? Sevens, this yeah, week yeah. Too? Well, they, they just booted a guy that got carried off the field, like half par- paralyzed. But um, I think that was a safety. I can't I can't recall. And we'll probably get a bunch of hate mail from idiot balls fans. But uh, I don't know. Go go pet your dog Smokey and um, you know whip up another batch of bourbon, you losers. Yeah, go play Rocky Top about eighty times on loop. Uh, is there anything more annoying watching those games than just Rocky Top all the time? Oklahoma, Oklahoma has the worst worst uh, fight song thing. Whatever. It's just it's probably four notes just looped. Yeah, on I'd, end, I'd put on USC end, up there also. Yeah. 
Okay. All right, let's let, let's shift gears here. And the, the big upset of the week was Navy beating Houston 46-40. to 40. This was your yearly reminder that Navy sucks to play against, especially if you're not used to playing against them. Um, Houston had three big turnovers in this game, a huge pick six in the third quarter that put them down 14, and they never really recovered. But uh, Navy did what they do. They ran for over 300 yards. They threw five passes. Two of them went for touchdowns. And show this. We talked last week about the what, what the, pick, the playoff picture was looking like, and now this is obviously going to knock Houston out. So uh, the landscape every week from the rest of the year is going to shift little by little, and uh, what we think is going to happen right, right now in October is going to look a lot different in, in six weeks. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like we like we stated last week, it's Ohio State, Bama, Clemson, Washington, probably top four right now, um, based on conference and kind of what they've done. Uh, this obviously makes Louisville the next team up, which I don't know if it really would have mattered because they played Houston later. So is there a chance that this Houston loss actually ends up hurting Louisville? Because um, Louisville's going to beat them either way. But if Houston's a three-loss team, does that look as impressive then if uh, Louisville's trying to jump one of these teams later on? And then uh, obviously uh, Texas, A&M, Texas A&M and Michigan still control their own destiny as well. So those are probably the top seven we're looking at as of right now, unless some chaos occurs here. Florida State beating Clemson would actually hurt Louisville, wouldn't it, Sean? No, no Clemson's still going to be the um, the ACC champion, uh, or at least playing the title game. But Louisville's in a perfect spot here. They're, they're in they're in the spot that Bama was in. Um, or you know would have been in some years past where even if they don't make the championship game because Clemson will, um, they'll be kind of win or lose with Clemson. They'll be the de facto four spot coming in. Um, it, I, actually, I think they're they're sitting well as long as they don't have some slip ups or some weak performances. Let's talk about the Knowles for a second here, Sean. They had a big win against Miami, the seventh straight win in this rivalry for the Knowles, twenty to nineteen on Saturday night. If you didn't see it, it came down to a kick yet again. It always seems like it does in Miami, Florida, game, Florida State games. Uh, a blocked extra point with about a minute and a half to go preserved the win for Florida State. And uh, it didn't look good in the first half. They were down 13 nothing until right before halftime. They got a field goal. Uh, but it seemed to me, Sean, that Florida State's defense really came to play in this game. They, they did, I, and I, it was a little bit of a pride-type effort, um, which I was quite pleased with. The other thing, and as I said last week, I mean, you guys can keep – you listeners, just keep listening to the podcast. You're going to get tons of breakdown on different games and insight that end up playing out. Miami's a perfect offense for Florida State's defense. They don't run the kind of run-pass stuff. They don't run some of the gimmick stuff. It's more of a pro-style look. Um, and Florida State, in that type of a setting, even with countless injuries, a guy kicked out for targeting – uh, they're going to be able to compete pretty well. Uh, that said, we did have a safety that was a wide receiver two weeks ago, and he actually played pretty decent. So Florida State, Miami, uh, just a fun rivalry game. Uh, just uh, to be on the winning side of it after you know many, many times, especially as an early Florida State fan, it was nice to kind of have one go our way for once. Um, I think it's, it, it's got some chance to give us some momentum the rest of the year. Still got Florida. You have that Clemson game. I'm not too optimistic about that one. But with as many young people and the injuries that we've had to end the year 9-3, and three, get to a solid bowl game, and then really be set up next year for uh, Florida State-Alabama. So week one. Not to get too far ahead, it's just as an old fan, I'm already kind of starting to project and, and, and figure out what we got to do next year, what we need to do the rest of the year to compete nationally next year. Only other real game of note nationally last week, Alabama went on the road and rolled against Arkansas, and that sets up 
kind of the big game of this week. There's really two major games that we're going to break down a little bit more in depth, and then we'll go rapid fire through a bunch of these other ones. But Alabama at Tennessee is an afternoon game, 3.30 on Saturday. And the Tennessee defense, we talked about kind of how they were banged up, been through some some tough battles all year. Last week, Bama kind of got back to doing what they do, and that was run the ball really well and stop the run and some explosive plays from their offense yet again. They also have seven defensive touchdowns on the year, and against a team that turns the ball over as much as Tennessee has, that could be a problem. So, uh, Farkey, how do you see this one shaking out? Alabama's a 12.5-point favorite at Tennessee this week. I like Alabama against Tennessee this week. Uh, r- really like what they did against Arkansas. I, I chose Alabama. Uh, not not really um, confident in, in what they're doing on defense right now, though, in terms of giving up points. I know Arkansas has some has some playmakers, and they are athletic. But, uh, again, 30 points, that's kind of out of Alabama's comfort zone. But, but they did move the ball, like uh, you mentioned, Moner. Uh, got back to, to getting on their ground game, 500 yards. So um, as we roll into this week against Tennessee, I think Tennessee kind of has a little more of a letdown week. I've, I've been one of the real – um, downers on them this year on this pod and, and keep saying, well, this is going to be the week they play like crap. This is going to be the week. But um, I don't, maybe they don't necessarily play like that and they, they get up for a big game against Alabama. But I, I just think Alabama kind of overwhelms them this week and they're a little deflated from that from that big overtime loss against, uh, against A&M. So I'm going to go Alabama. Well, Tennessee plays like crap every week. It's just in the first half. And then all of a sudden something happens in the second half and they're a totally different team. Maybe we should just start fading Tennessee first half lines, huh, Shell? Yeah, I did that uh, one week. I, I think I took Ole Miss first half, and then th- that was about it. Um, with this game, it is – you can already tell I'm frustrated because you know where I'm headed with this. Um, hurt is hurt. So to Sean's point, Kamara's going to get a lot more touches. Uh, one thing I like to do, at the beginning of the year, the Golden Nugget comes out with 30 to 50 games where they set the line. You can actually bet on it before the season even starts. And this is a shocker, but before the year even started, Tennessee opened up as a one-point favorite in this game, Wow! if you can wow. imagine that. That's so what, what, what has really happened, you know, we've all been kind of down on Tennessee and Alabama has done well. Have they looked like world beaters? No. Butch Jones is still breathing. That's what happened. I, I understand that, but, but two touchdown difference than what the Golden Nugget put out two, three months ago, you know, I know it's months down the road, but if Bama doesn't get a defensive or special team touchdown, which they probably will, because I think, I think they've done it in seven straight games. They got AM on deck next week. I don't think they're going to look ahead, but that is still probably still in the back of their mind. So for some reason, I am going to take Butch Jones over Nick Saban, and I'm going to take the 12 and a half. And plus the way Tennessee's been playing, that, that that leaves for a perfect spot for a backdoor cover here. So let, let's say Tennessee's down 17 with a couple minutes left. That backdoor is wide open the way Tennessee's been playing the second half. What it does leave is it leaves a chance for for pick six though with the way Josh Job slings it or chucks it or whatever the hell he he calls throwing. I'm taking Bama. If yeah, you but- if real quick if you if you don't if you don't get those turnovers by Bama. They're in trouble, and, and that's something to keep an eye on because they are giving up a ton of yards. I think another what like over 400 passing to Arkansas in that game, but they just seem to come up with with whether it's a pick six touchdown. If not that, they're still just getting a turnover in general and then moving the ball back down the field. So well, I don't want to get too far ahead, but I think that's next week is where that starts to come into play. 
Yeah, I hate when Schultz comes in here and gives like logical, sound reasoning with with games, and I have to go against it and just kind of think in, the, in my head like, am I really going to take Butch Jones against Nick Saban? I don't know. I'm taking Bama minus twelve and a half. I can't take Butch Jones in Tennessee. I think at some point, like Farky said, they're just going to get steamrolled, and this might be the week, or it might be a week where they pull an upset. Who knows? But I'm going to take Bama minus twelve and a half. Let's move just on. Follow Farky's, just follow Farky's faves. Through Farky, the rest of that's right. That's that's a good point. Farky's faves. Hashtag Farky's faves. And I'm 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 going to guess that there's going to be another one here in this next game because we're going to talk about the Buckeyes. Oh, this is teed up. This is teed up <laughs> for for Farky's faves and, and road faves at that. Ohio State going to Madison. It's a game day game, a night game. They are ten point favorites. The Buckeyes actually did not cover last week. Shockingly, they only only. One by twenty-one against Indiana. Uh, Wisconsin's off a bye. Farky, thoughts on this game? Well, in terms of pick, you, you caught me. I'm going Ohio State. I think this is an opportunity here for me to get another game up on you guys because if, <laughs> if, uh, if I've followed you week to week, each of you or most of you have said that as long as the Buckeyes continue to cover, you're going to take them. So I think you guys probably fall off that this week. So this uh, gets me one bite closer to my medium rare. Filet. I'm, I'm taking the Buckeyes as well. Um, I just I actually think the IU game and, and them not playing very well, not playing with tempo, not getting Curtis Samuel the ball, lines up perfectly for them coming out of the shoot. It's 14 nothing before Wisconsin blinks, and they're not equipped to deal with that type of a situation. Yeah, I think uh, you know Wisconsin's defense is solid, but I'm not sure their offense is going to be able to score enough to keep them in the game. I, I think the Buckeyes win by a couple touchdowns. I'm going to have to see somebody shut down Ohio State before I believe they're not going to get to 30, and and I don't see Wisconsin getting to 20. So I'm going to take the Buckeyes minus 10. This is kind of a goofy take, but you do see it from time to time. Game day isn't in, at Camp Randall very often, and it is there this week. So, you know, they could, they could come out of the gate strong, and, and they do have a good defense. So maybe the Buckeyes struggle to score early, and it keeps – keeps uh, the Badgers in the game for a little bit, but who knows? That that could just be nothing. Sometimes, though, you know, game day, night games, it, you can go the other way, too, where yeah. they've been drinking since 8 a.m., and by the time game time rolls around, uh, like they're a little bit cooked, you know, already. So, so it's a little bit subdued. You get a quick score on them. I mean, I kind of feel like that. that's, that's what happened to Oklahoma is they just got behind, and it was like a freight train, and they couldn't get off the tracks. Yeah, that's a good point. I definitely agree that a night game day game is uh, it has a much different atmosphere than a, than an early day game. I, I hate laying 10 in Camp Randall at night, guys. So uh, here's a real interesting way, and I'm going to play this, and it'll just decide which side I end up doing. The over-under is 44, which is very NFL-ish. I don't see how if Ohio State scores enough, they're going to cover and the game's going to go over. If this is a low-scoring, ugly game, Wisconsin's going to cover, and it's gonna, the game's going to go under. So I would actually suggest if you like a side and it's Ohio State, you play you parlay it with the over. If you like Wisconsin, I would actually parlay it with the under. You're getting probably 2.6 to 1 on your money, and I, I just don't see how that's not worth the value when I, I see this game going one of two ways. Ohio State scores 30, game goes over, they cover, or – it's a 16-13 to 13 game, and Wisconsin the under is going to hit. I love it. Since i got to make a pick for the pod, um, I will actually take Ohio State minus 10 based on that. Wow, sweep. 
Okay, let's move to the SEC. Uh, this is an interesting matchup as well. Two ranked teams, uh, 12th-ranked Ole Miss is a 7.5-point favorite at Arkansas. This is actually Ole Miss's first true road game of the year. Shelly, your thoughts here? I think Arkansas got exposed um, in the Alabama game. So I'm not going to play it at 7.5 if it gets to a touchdown or under a touchdown. Um, I think Ole Miss is on a mission here to get a big six game even losing two games early. So I will actually lay the points for the pod, the seven and a half, but I'd like to play it under a touchdown. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take Ole Miss as well. This is this is kind of, you know, they, it's their first two road game, but they did have a bye week last week, and I think that helps. And this is also a double revenge game for them. They've lost the last two games to Arkansas. So I, I think the line is kind of begging for you to take Arkansas at seven and a half, and I'm going to go ahead and lay it with Ole Miss. Sean? I'm taking Ole Miss as well. I uh, for a lot of the same thought process. Actually, I, I believe after the Bama game, I said I think they're going to reel off the rest of the season, and I'm going to stand by that. I like Ole Miss, despite Chad Kelly running onto high school football fields. Yeah, how about that? Trying video? to fight high school. I, I don't even want to. We, that, that's a whole pot onto itself, and we'll touch that come draft time. We could go ahead and uh, zap through that for the draft. Oh my god! I'm I'm picking Ole Miss as well. Um, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as, as all you guys seem to be. I, I think they're a totally different team from earlier this year. They got kind of punched in the face first couple games, but they really turned some offense out since then, and uh, they seem to all be pretty in tune together. So I like them. I actually think Arkansas has a, has a really down game. I, I think it's it's an easy cover here. So this is one of my automatics for the week. This is one of automatic Farkies oh. faves. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Last week, oh Notre Dame! Oh they're they're they're, they're going to roll this week. What I tell you guys? Unbelievable! Uh, I sat and watched that game from start to finish. I typically this, especially this year, despise watching any second of Notre Dame football. But I watched every second of that game, and it was another one of those those stabbed in the guts where you say at some point they're going to score a freaking uh, touchdown. I wasn't saying that. No, I was. I was. Well, here's what I'll say. That weather was so bad that that's one of those where yeah, I didn't realize it was that bad when I bet on it. Yeah. Obviously, I didn't think it was going to be that bad there. Um, that was just – I watched the, uh, some of the highlights of the first half on my phone, and I'm like, this is a loss. Well, listen, that, that wasn't football. Whatever that was, that was not football. I mean, It was, was one. It was a really easy game to question Kelly. Oh, I, I agree I just, 100%. He called an awful game considering the weather, but that was not a football game. That was They were standing water on the field. Yeah, but NC State played in it. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm saying it's not like I can I – mean, Kelly coached an awful game, but, yeah, you kind of got to – I can't look at stats and say, well, this or this or this. You just got to throw all that stuff out the window. Anyway, we'll talk about Notre Dame later in the show when we get to their game against Stanford, but let's keep going here. And we got a great matchup between a couple of coaches that – Yes. Oh, this is this is awesome here. A coach that we all love in the Hulk. And a coach that I, I I don't know that he could be possibly be more despised than Cliff Kingsbury is among the four of us. You could be Nick Saban. I yeah maybe I would love to have a beer with the Hulk. You couldn't pay me to sit next to Cliff Kingsbury and have a beer. But that being said, I'm gonna take Cliff Kingsbury this week. They are plus oh. they are plus one at home against uh, West Virginia. And Texas Tech has scored at least 52 points and had over 600 yards in every home game since Patrick Mahomes has taken the starting quarterback job. I'm not sure West Virginia, who has a solid defense for the Big 12, I don't think their offense is good enough to score with Cliff's boys. So unfortunately, because I like steak more than I like the Hulk, I'm going to take Cliff Kingsbury plus one. 
I'll tell you what. I'm going with the Mountaineers, baby. 4-0, nationally ranked. Completely closing my eyes to the fact that in the past nine games at Jones Stadium, the Red Raiders have averaged 60.1 points. <laughs> Go Mountaineers! This is hilarious. Oh, this is so hilarious. The over-under is 84 in this game, if anyone's keeping track at home, <laughs> which is comical. Um, five things are going to happen in this game. Texas Tech will score. West Virginia is going to score. Texas Tech will play zero defense. West Virginia might play defense. And Cliff's a tool. Give me the at any point. At any point, will the game have a chance to be at 468 points, which Syracuse and Notre Dame were eight minutes in? <laughs> Maybe. Hey, listen. I, I, this game's on Fox Sports One at noon, and I'm I'm hoping to God that Gus is on this game. Oh, I hope to, but I'm going real simple. I'm taking the hole. Me and John Denver, baby, <laughs> loving the hole. Take me home. Bonner, won't you need to be in a wedding in like Savannah or Charleston oh or somewhere? Oh my god! You know, I had that on the sheet to kind of talk about at the beginning of the show. Can people stop having fall weddings, please? I mean, Shelly, no offense, because you did this last year, but at least like when it's, it's us and it's like I was in your wedding, so it was all of us. But I'm at a wedding with people that I don't know, and I, I'm like checking my phone every five minutes because I want to check scores and check Twitter, and like people are like, "Well, why is this guy always on his phone?" It's like I just want to watch some freaking football. Stop having fall weddings. I'm not going to lie. I actually looked at the college football schedule before we set a date. And unfortunately, it was pretty much just you were affected. I think Ohio State played Western Michigan or something. But unfortunately, I believe you played Arizona State, Notre Dame. Uh, I'm not sure. No, your wedding was uh, UMass. We rolled UMass. Oh, see, I did look at the schedule. And yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Well, mine's a Friday, so uh, don't think that's any coincidence. No, yeah, you're absolved. You're absolved. But, I mean, two weddings this year that were six-hour drives to people I don't know. That is brutal. So the only one on Cliff. Yep. Ugh. I know. I hate it. I hate it. But uh, Good luck with that. Sometimes you got to make uncomfortable bets, I guess. Let's move to the ACC. NC State going to Clemson this week. Off their win against Notre Dame, Clemson rolled Boston College last week. That was another game I got wrong, 56-10. to 10. If the FSU <laughs> game for Clemson was next week, I would be a little concerned, but they do have a bye after this. So um, I'm not really sure NC State is all that good, so I'm going to take Clemson minus the points. I think they're starting to kind of hit their stride. Sean, your thoughts here? I love Clemson as well. I do love the fact you took BC. If you add that to the total, it gets even worse. <laughs> it was, it's unbelievable. <laughs> It was a rough week. So I'm, I'm taking I'm taking Davo and Clemson. I think NC State celebrated their big win of the year last week, and uh, I think their schedule's brutal. If I recall, they might not win the rest of the year. Thank God for the tribe last week with my with my betting skills. That's for sure. Farky, I went for, I went for a run last week before the noon games, and I literally had to stop when I was laughing when you, we got to the part I was listening to replay the pod, and you had taken BC. I had to stop my workout <laughs> to laugh. <at> that. <laughs> I didn't want to trip and fall into traffic. This is Farky's Faves, Clemson. Next. <laughs> I was also on BC. By the way, this line should be more around 40. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I do I do think it actually should be closer to 20 and a half, not 17 and a half. Great. I, I think we're going to make this a consensus. Um Looking at NC State's schedule, actually Notre Dame is their best win. That's the best team they played. So they step up in competition. I'll actually take Clemson as well. 
Let's go back over to the Big 12. Kansas State's going to Oklahoma this week. Oklahoma's a 10.5-point favorite. Uh, any leans on this game, Shell? I will never bet against Snyder getting double digits. Give me K-State. Oof. Um, yeah, you know what? I, I'm going to go K-State, too. Actually, in reversal from the uh, from the, the te- Oklahoma-Texas, I think that's a, little, that's a nice spot, too. Jay? Uh, for the sake of content, I'm gonna I'm gonna just give a couple lines about my pick. Obviously, taking Oklahoma. I'm not gonna bet the 78 year old senile coach that doesn't probably make any decisions anymore. Uh, also, athletes make plays. I'm taking Oklahoma. That's Farkey's faves, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and I'm gonna go ahead and make it a three out of four on Oklahoma. I just same as West Virginia. I'm just not sure that Kansas State's gonna be able to score enough to win this game or, or to hang into this game. Oklahoma has actually lost two in a row to K-State at home, so I think that trend changes, and, and Oklahoma wins this game by a couple of touchdowns. Um, Nebraska at Indiana. Nebraska's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm not sure either team's very good, but uh, I'm certainly not ready to give three-and-a-half on the road with Nebraska, so I'm going to take Indiana here. I'll go ahead and take IU as well, actually. Um, it, it is a little bit of a tricky spot, uh, so I could kind of see how Nebraska can kind of come in. IU would be a little down from the, from the loss last week. If I was IU though, I'd look at it like we hung with Ohio State a little bit. Yeah, I think that. they're. That's I think they're looking at that as more. I think they're looking at that as a if win. If they take it that way, I think that's the right way to to roll. And you know, in that regard, I think they've got enough, um, you know, across the board to be able to beat Nebraska. I like IU's coach as well. Uh, game opened up seven, uh, actually seven. So it's down to three and a half. So a lot of people are on Indiana early. Um, Nebraska's off a bye. I think I'm the only one on this pod that. Likes Nebraska at all. I hate laying points on the road with Tommy Armstrong, but I'm going to do it here. Give me Nebraska. I'm not sold on Nebraska being uh, the 10th best team in the country, but I'm going to take them anyway just because of what I saw at Indiana last week. This has nothing to do with the faves, just so you know, but ironically it's still a favorite pick. Of course. Um, I, I think there there's some validity to Nebraska being a, an upper-tier team this year, but – but uh, we'll see what happens later down the road. But Indiana isn't isn't on their level, I don't think. So, do Nebraska. Fark, you adding ice to that drink. Is that like a little vodka on the rocks, or what do we got going on over there? Uh, it's uh, ginger ale vodka. Oh, there, there you go. There you go. North Carolina at Miami. Uh, I think we're getting some line value here because of the UNC game last week when they got rolled by Virginia Tech and Miami losing to Florida State. I know, Sean, you really like a side in this game, do you not? Uh, if you look historically after Miami plays Florida State and after they lose, uh, and maybe I could go back and I'm dead wrong on the stats, I just don't see how everything that they had to endure this week, how down they are, they're not back, they're not national title contenders. I love UNC. If this game was a pick of my take UNC, the fact that I get eight and a half points is is stealing. Joe? Uh, this is one of my favorite as well. Uh, I love North Carolina. I'm not going to look into that North Carolina-Virginia Tech game because it was in a monsoon. And as good as kind of Florida State looked against them, you could possibly say that, North Carolina's passing attack is way better than Florida State's, and I don't think uh, Miami will be ready for it. So I actually love North Carolina. I'm probably going to have a little bit on the money line as well. Starting safety is out first half for targeting. Another corner that played fantastic, Cornelder. I think he's hurt. He may not play. Um, 
you know, and you still got those those freshman linebackers too for Miami. I just adding to to some of your angles there, show. I actually I actually am going to look into the game last week against Virginia Tech. I don't give a damn about the weather. Uh, I was really high on North Carolina last week, and they had to be ashamed of themselves, especially their quarterback. The fact he's an Ohio guy makes me want to pretend I'm from another state. But um, I'm going Miami. I, I don't care whether it's eight, eight and a half, nine, whatever. Um, North Carolina sucks. That's the that's the, uh, that's the deep unit take from last week. They suck. <laughs> that oh, I had a ton of those on the football picks, yeah, the that, NFL picks. So that is Farky's face yet again. Staying in in conference, Virginia Tech's going to Syracuse. This is a game that, that I really like, and I hate to say that because the game that I liked last week was Stanford. But in any case, uh, they're 19.5-point favorites at the Carrier Dome. And I think the same thing kind of applies to this game as the previous one, that we're getting some value on the line because of last week's results. Virginia Tech with a big win, and then Syracuse losing to Wake Forest. So I, I like this spot for Syracuse getting 19.5. I'm not ready to give that many points on the road with Virginia Tech. I don't think Virginia Tech's good enough to lay that number. Syracuse does play fast. They could score a lot of points to keep it uh, relatively close. So I'm going to take the Qs. Replay your replay our takes from the week they played Notre Dame going into Notre Dame and listen to what was said about Syracuse. <laughs> I've tried to forget that game or pretty much every Notre Dame game, so I don't really remember that, Jay. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and go and take Virginia Tech. Uh, Farky faves. Um, Syracuse blows. How about that? Instead of sucks. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what else to say about this game. Syracuse sucks every year, and I always somehow get screwed by them. I'm not getting screwed by them this year, so I will not take them. Man, as convincing as that is, sucks and blows. And I mean, you're really swaying me, actually. I'm going to very, very reluctantly stick with the Qs. Oh, my God. Virginia Tech will score at will. I mean, that's positive on that. Uh, it is a sandwich spot for Virginia Tech. They just beat North Carolina. They got Miami on deck. So, unfortunately, I will be on Syracuse as well. Steak dinner. Shillick, let's let's stick with you here because we're going to talk about your alma mater, Western Michigan. we got to throw start throwing some Mac games in here because Mac Shin is right around the corner midweek. Uh, but uh, Western Michigan's minus 11 going to Akron. Western Michigan is actually ranked 24th, first time in school history. So, uh, Shell, your thoughts here? Um, if Western Michigan played in the Big Ten, they would finish fourth or fifth. Um, Akron, unsure if their starting quarterback, Woodson's going to play. So, without knowing that, Akron, for most people that don't know, they won like one game three years ago, then two, then two, and they won seven last year. So, if they want to say they're back, or I don't even know if they were ever here, but this would be a huge win for them. But unfortunately, um, I love Western Michigan. Like I said, I think they'd finish. They'd have a chance to finish top four, top five in the MAC. So I'll lay eleven here and take uh, Western Michigan. Kalamazoo, baby! Give me any team that doesn't have a turnover yet this season. I I'm saw that anymore. stat actually. Yeah, uh, looks like a consensus because I'm taking Western here, and I know Matt. That's where you're leaning. Yeah, and PJ Flex uh, going to get a big job after this year too. I have a feeling. Wake Forest at Florida State. Sean, your Knolls are laying three touchdowns at home against Wake. They're minus twenty-one. Would be a little concerned about a letdown spot here, but it's at home. What do you think, Sean? I think it gets above 21. Uh, just for the sake of the pot, I'll, I'll go ahead and take Wake. Um, I just think this is a recoup game opportunity for Florida State. They they control the game. They comfortably win. 
but um, I think it you might have to nail bite it between 17 and 24 or something like that. But I, I'll take Wake in the points. I think this line opened at like 25, didn't it, Shell? Yeah, yeah, it opened up uh, 24, I believe. But yeah, right around there. I, I I hate this game. I'm not betting it for the pod. Give me the Knowles. Jay. Knowles. I think uh, I think that uh, Wake Forest has it. Has a little tougher time than what people are going to think here, and, and I like that point about how it did open higher. So I, I think maybe if it continues to go down, this is even more appealing for, for Florida State's. Yeah, I don't know that Francois is going to play. Oh, interesting. Well, I don't know. I, I it just seems I, I just have that Cook feeling right now that he's on such a roll. I don't know if he can do enough to to get into the real top one or two Heisman conversation, but his last three weeks have just been awesome. He's leading the nation in rushing. Yeah, yeah, he's looked good, and like I said, this is a letdown spot, but it's at home. They got to buy next week. I think last week, while it was a big win, I think it was more of a just kind of a exhale season saver type of win, and uh, not so much of an emotional high. I think they're kind of be- getting back to what they do. I think they're due to roll somebody, and I think Wake's a nice victim for that. They're five and one, and due for a little reality check. So, give me the Knolls. Uh, probably against my better judgment, but I'll take them. Let's move to South Bend for Farkey's favorite game of the week, Stanford and Notre Dame. This, if you looked at the schedule before the year, this was supposed to be a really big game. Notre Dame three-point favorite, no surprise. What is surprising is that these two teams have six losses between them, and Christian McCaffrey may not play. Your boy, Farkey. Well, he's he's pretty much done this year. Uh, although, you know what I, I just thought about? I'm going to name every week moving forward, we need to name this Matt Monner's Blow My Brains Out Pick of the Week. <laughs> That's pretty much what it's like. I'm hoping the Tribe game goes to like 9 on Saturday so I don't have to watch uh, like the first half of this game. That would be great. What do you think? <laughs> What's your pick, Jay? Oh, I'll give you Notre Dame. Oh. <laughs> Irish for me as well. I, I think the McCaffrey angle is huge. I don't know how Stanford gets more than four first down. I think oh. Stanford without McCaffrey could pull a um, a Rutgers. Not against this defense. <laughs> but you put up so many points. Yeah, yeah. Chili? <laughs> I hate this game. Um, <laughs> I oh hate, You guys want to hear a funny story? I had tickets to this game. Couldn't give them away. Couldn't give, couldn't, Come on. I'm, ser- I'm serious. I asked everybody I, and their brother that I knew, teachers that I know, asked people in school, anybody want to go to this game? No. Some of that's an indicator, though, with the tribe. I mean, Well, but listen, I ended up just sending them to my buddy in South Bend and saying, hey, man, if you can get something for these before the game when you're walking in, <laughs> let me know. If not, just give them to somebody. I, I really don't care. I just wanted to be rid of the I, tickets. Highlight of the pod this week right there, that take. Your pick, Shell? I can't – if I had to pick which team is less likely to pack it in, I think it's Stanford. So give me that. I'm real take, exciting angle. Uh, real I'm, excited about it. I'm going to take Notre Dame here, and I'm really excited about it too. But the, the home team has won the last five meetings in this series. It's typically a close game. Uh, four of the last – last four meetings and seven of the last nine have been decided by a touchdown or less. I mean, if you look at Notre Dame's schedule – if they don't win this week, they got Miami coming up. They got Navy, Virginia Tech, and USC. I mean, you're looking at, you're, you're staring down the barrel at four and eight, five and seven, <laughs> real quick. If you don't win this game this week, so I, I almost think this is a back against the wall type of situation here. They got to win this game. So for my sanity's sake, 
I'm hoping I'm right. But truthfully, at this point, I'm kind of numb to it and apathetic anyways. So whatever. I'll take Notre Dame minus three, and we'll see what happens. Just so I understand you correctly, your no-heart team of the week would be Notre Dame. Is that right? Oh, this team has hadn't had that heart all year from week one on. <laughs> uh, I know this is a game that a lot of people on this podcast really like, and this is a Friday night game. This is what I like to call a pad the stats game. Shell Duke at Louisville. 35-point line, and I don't think any of us are scared to play it. No, I, I actually opened up 28-and-a-half. It's the only game I bet, um, you know, when it first opened. It's already up to 35. I think it's going to go higher, and th- this line could not be high enough for me to take Duke. So uh, give me Louisville. 43. 43 would be the number where I actually would think about it. 42-and-a-half, <laughs> I guess. It, it, it's it's a lock. It's I said that that I had three locks. I had Ohio State, UNC, and Louisville. Don't sleep on the fact that Duke has a win against the Irish this year. <laughs> Still going to take a little. Wow, just sticking the knife in deep this week, huh, Jay? You're the, you're the one that called the lock last week. Hey, them and Michigan State. You're like, are a, my, you're like a sperm lover. My two FU teams this year are Notre Dame and Michigan State. You took Miami just in spite of UNC, and you're going to be on the losing side of that one. No, we'll see. You're lucky to be tied for first. Let's get to the real creme yeah, de la creme. we got to end here. with this. Our, by the way, I'm taking Louisville, in case you couldn't figure it out. Memphis at Tulane, last game on the, on the docket here. This is another Friday night game. Memphis, Matt, game of the week. The Memphis Tigers are giving 11.5 at Tulane. And let me throw you – I was going to throw a little tidbit in about this game. Last week I told you that this was a uh, measuring stick game from between Memphis and Temple. This week, Memphis wide receiver coach David Johnson, I found out, was an assistant at Tulane the last four years. He knows their personnel pretty well, and he says they're treating this as a championship game, Memphis is, this week. So that's good enough, that's good enough for me. I'm taking the Tigers this week, baby. Hey, I'm on. You know I'm with Memphis, Matt. He's diving off the coast, Pacific coast somewhere with great white sharks pooping in the water probably. Who knows? I'm going Memphis, Matt. I'm taking the Tigers as well. What I will say is that pod replayed where you said you would never take Memphis the rest of the year. Here's the other angle. Memphis covered last week. They got a backdoor touchdown Temple did. Memphis had that. We're sitting at the front row of the Indians game. We're talking about we're following it, and then we we just see a final, and then I've lost the game. I was on the right side there. I'm convinced of it. I'm on the right side this week. Give me the Tigers. Let me guess. Georgia should have beat Tennessee, right? Yeah, they should (laughs) Yes. Fingers crossed Memphis Matt doesn't come back and we don't have to hear about any of these ridiculous takes anymore with these Tigers. I'm going Tulane. Actually, um, it's funny you said that because Tulane has a whole new different offense, uh, Matt, so I don't know. He knows the personnel, but it's a totally different offense. They run the uh, they run the option now. Uh, I think they make it ugly. I will take Tulane as well. Did you hear what I said? I said they're treating this as a championship game. That was a quote. They're fired up. <laughs> yeah, well, look what happened. Fired up. What happened last week? Didn't uh, didn't Temple say it was a, the, a, it was a measuring stick or something? And they, and yeah, they, it was. And, and they, they found covered. out that they suck because they lost to Memphis. Yeah. I just want to let Memphis Matt know I will be on the next week because it'll be back to back weeks of playing the option. So I will take Tulane this week, but I will be on Memphis next week. You can book You're that. On the losing side this week. Wow. So you're missing a bye yeah. week, Shaw. It's a shame. 
How did you complete? How did Sean? Did you completely change your tone from hating Memphis Mac to you are now? Hey man, I, I just I play the numbers. That's all I play. I don't worry yeah, about everything else. They were losers the last two weeks. Gentlemen, that's going to do it for us. We're going to wrap it up. We are going to be, again, heading up to the Progue this weekend, Progressive Field, or the Jake, as it were, rooting on the Tribe uh, in the ALCS. If you want to follow some baseball, listen to the NEG uh, MLB show, the podcast that will be coming out this week, at NEG Pod MLB. You can follow us uh, on that Twitter account for some baseball. You can follow us here at College Football on the College Football Show at NEG Pod CFB. And you can follow Luke and Jerry for all your NFL fantasy and picks analysis at Glory Podcast. Anything else to add, gentlemen, before we uh, turn this over to the uh, editor extraordinaire, Jerry Burris? Hot cleaning, just, take, hot cleaning take I learned this week. And clean your toilet bulb with Coca-Cola. Stupid. Hey, guess what I'm doing? Cat uh, got spayed yesterday. Uh, the incision is open. So I'm about to run to the emergency room for vet clinic right now. That's Love why you don't have cats. Oh, awesome. you're, you're the ultimate cat lover. Awesome cats. life I have. So I hate I cats. Rate us on iTunes. Give us five stars. We're that big-time recruit that your school wants to sign. Five <laughs> stars. Hit the music. We're out. Have a good week seven. Talk to you next week.